Welcome, welcome everybody to a weekly roundup with Ricky. This is episode 47. I cannot tell you how incredible it feels to be at episode 47. We got three more episodes and we're going to be at 50 episodes. If you would have told me a year ago that is this something that you see yourself doing um, on a weekly basis and uh, continuing to do after a year, I would not be able to say yes or no to that because I just did not know where this would go. And seeing all the chatter in Discord about how much value our Leon family and people outside the Leon family get from these weekly roundups just makes me so happy. Uh, my only purpose and my sole purpose always is going to continue to be uh, to bring value in terms of information and perspective and just in general giving you an idea of how I think about things in this market. Because uh, I do have some experience in this market. I do continue to still learn. I still make mistakes. Don't be alarmed if you make a mistake in this space. The professionals make mistakes in this space. People with billions of people, billions of dollars make mistakes in this space. So don't be too harsh on yourself, especially in this bear market. So with that, I want to get us started. And first of all, we're going to talk about our project update. So something very exciting coming from Alex Antonio. This is something they shared in the Discord. So those that missed out, I hope um, you are listening to this. Our founders have had a call with our lawyers on Friday, and they are planning on submitting their paperwork to FINMA, which is the regulatory body of Switzerland, um, next week. So once that paperwork is filed, they'll be uh, under review for the license that they need to make TCFX completely functional. And a quick little uh, nugget of information for those that have missed the past few roundups, um, us not having the SRO license doesn't really stop us from uh, getting started with our first client, which is potentially going to be KOB. Um, it's just that we cannot custody funds unless and until unless we have that license. So it kind of holds our complete capability back, but it doesn't really stop us from moving forward. So it's like a hybrid solution that we're working on right now. So that's kind of where we're at. Uh, so with that, once... Uh, the paperwork is filed. Alex Antonio are planning on holding a town hall, which you all always appreciate and love. So you'll hear straight from the horse's mouth what's going on. And they're also going to be talking about the updates on the side of our first clients, which is going to be KOB. Um, so that's going to be incredible. Uh, next up, there's a big, big update that we posted on, well, Alex posted on the announcement channel. And that's something I wanted to talk about a little bit since I'm involved in that stuff. I am so grateful and proud to be letting, to, to let all of you know um, that since Alex and Antonio are super busy on the TCFX side of things. So if you go back to the roadmap, um, if you don't know about the roadmap, just go to the roadmap channel. Um, there's a visual uh, and infographic that is posted there where Everything from the start till the complete inception of what a mature product is going to look like 
for TCFX and Metalion Society, you can you can go check that out. So referring to the roadmap, Q3, Q4 are going to be extremely busy again for us. Um, so Alex and Tony are completely heads down on the TCFX side of things, which we call the business side. I'm going to still quote what I can, the quote that I came up with that I'm noticing a lot of Leon family members are quoting. Uh, I call it the non-sexy side of the business. Uh, and it's the it's the background. It's the hard work that goes into creating a company, getting regulated by the Swiss regulators, all of that stuff with the lawyers and the, and the government, getting the right foundation set up and doing things right. Um, and then there's the Metalion community side of thing that that uh, is with the ecosystem and gamification of things, and you're being able to stake your Leons. In putting it, putting them into a training camp, and then upgrading them into historics, and then linking all of that together for the revenue generation from the business side of things. All of these moving pieces have to be done very intricately in order for this ecosystem to be sustainable long term. I know there can be some unrest when it comes to, hey, when is the ecosystem coming? Hey, when is uh, when is the revenue distribution coming? All of that stuff, guys needs uh, needs time to be done right. One thing that you have noticed over the past year is we are so thankful for Alex Antonio for being so hardworking and most importantly, so thorough in planning everything out front. They're such perfectionists. So this is one of the actually the most integral part of the project. So don't expect them to rush this part. That is the reason why I have stuck stuck with them. And now that I'm so grateful that they're busy with the TCFX side, we wanted to still continue to deliver on the Metalion side of things, which is the ecosystem. So I and Freeze, who is another incredible core community member, out of, again, this is something we're doing out of the goodness of our hearts, not just to just to give back to the Leon family, but because we feel that the community deserves attention on the Meta Leon side of things. We know Alex and Tony have limited amount of time and they just having them completely focus on the business side is where their attention is served best. So him and I, Freeze and I are going to be working with our tokenomics expert and our CTO uh, in order to deliver on the, um, the ecosystem side of things. So when you think about the ecosystem, there's a lot that goes in there. There's going to be uh, the training camps. There's going to be the potion consumption stuff. There's going to be the marketplace. So there's a lot to the ecosystem. The biggest challenge that we faced with phase two was we did not raise enough funds in phase two in order to deliver the ecosystem. We raised enough funds to complete the company registration, which we were successfully able to do, as you can verify yourself. Um, but we did not raise enough for the ecosystem. So we did not just sit down and be like, okay, we can't do much. We didn't raise enough funds. That's not our way. We didn't raise enough funds in phase one, but we still ended up moving forward and delivering our roadmap ahead of schedule. So don't expect anything different. We're never going to stop. We're just people that know how to find solutions. And that's what we're continuing to do. Yes, we don't have enough funds to completely deliver the roadmap right now. 
uh, especially the ecosystem, but don't be worried. What we're doing right now is something I can give you insights on. Me and Freeze are working with the team to come up with a what we call in IT terminology is an MVP, not the most valuable, pro, valuable player in sports. This is minimum viable product. So what does that mean? So what can we deliver with spending minimum amount of budget that we have to find a solution for and come up with that we can deliver to the Leon family so that they can at least start to experience the ecosystem instead of waiting for the whole product. So kind of building the ecosystem one step at a time, putting the foundation, having something functional, getting people excited, getting people involved, getting people doing something in the ecosystem so you can start doing things. Uh, so once you start seeing those movements in your Leons, then we continue to build on top of that. That's kind of the plan that we have. Don't be worried. Nothing will ever, ever, ever stop us from doing what we're doing. So right now, uh, we're asking Alex Antonio some core questions of the vision behind what we want to deliver uh, to the community. And once we have that down and our team has had the time to come up with a budget and cost and time. Once we have all of those details, we're going to let the community know. You're going to hear it from me on the weekly roundup. You're also going to hear it from me in our uh, minor announcements, hopefully, um, or Leon Holder's announcements. I haven't decided it yet, but I want to keep you guys in the loop as to where we are right now. So it is super early in the ecosystem development. So you can think of us as approaching both of these things the company creation side alex antonio are handling the business side of things tcfx all of that is them then there's me and freeze who are partnering with our development team and our tokenomics expert to deliver on the community side of the ecosystem so be excited get super super hyped up uh because we we love you guys that's what we've always been talking about. Me and Freeze had a chat and we talked to Antonio and he was like, yeah, let us know how much it's going to cost to <laughs> help build this out. We're like, we don't, we don't want money. We don't. We want to do this out of the love that we have for the Leons. And if there's any value that we can provide, I have had some project management experience in my career. Freeze has similar experiences. He's also been a developer. I've been a developer. So we understand what goes into building a product. So we are more than happy to do this for the Leon family. And there's there's one dream. And I will repeat this always. We're all in the same boat. We are all on the same boat. And we're all going to get there together. So we're just grateful that Alex Antonio trust us with this and believe in us. And most most importantly... All of you believe in us. I haven't heard anybody with any major concern with the announcement. So super grateful that you guys believe in us and support us. Because at the end of the day, we're doing this for all of us. It takes away pressure from Alex Antonio so they can completely focus on the business. Once the business is up and running and they can start generating good revenue, that's that's where that's where the success lies, guys. Yes, I'm grateful for the MetaLeon NFT. It's amazing. It's incredible. The ecosystem is going to be awesome. But the beauty, the long-term beauty that we're all here for, the life-changing beauty of this project lies in the success of the business. 
no NFT project that does not have a business funding the NFT project is ever going to be sticking around. There was an article uh, on Forbes, I think. I, I don't know what, what news outlet it was, which stated that 99% of the NFTs are dead. And the reason they said that, it was absolutely clear. I've been saying it for the whole year. Every time the bear market comes, all the projects that were hyped up, that were PFP projects with no, no idea how to generate revenue, with just royalties, that's not a revenue generation process. It's, it's like taking money from the community. So when we do something, we're always thinking about long-term. That is why we have not only survived, but thrived. We have built through the bear market. We minted phase one in the bear market. We minted phase two in the bear market. And I promise you, nothing ever is going to stop us from minting ever in any, any market. We don't care. We just want to build and continue to take people with like-minded attitude forward with us. And that's why I continue to stay bullish on my Leon family. Because time and again, you all have proven that we're building something far more beautiful than anybody can ever imagine. So that was the kind of the big... Um, news update that I had on the ecosystem side of uh, our Leon family. Uh, if you ever have any questions, I'm always available on Discord. Just tag me or just uh, send me a message on X. My DMs are open for my Leon family, so I will respond. Um, yeah. Um, with that, next up, we have our community updates. So something that I was inspired by is I'm going to give a shout out to Midi Punks. It's a music NFT and our very own Prism, who has been a friend and Leon family member for a long, long time. He's helped us a lot. Um, he was involved in the project. It's a great, great project. Um, I minted five of their NFTs, so I'm keeping one. Uh, and I wanted to give back to my Leon family. So I'm giving away four of those NFTs. And all you got to do, really, all you got to do is go to my personal profile which is reiki uh you go to my personal profile you'll see a post that i have and uh, the first post uh, about the contest i retweeted something from crypto rap and uh, just inspired by him he's always somebody who's encouraging everybody uh getting everybody excited i i love that guy and he inspired me to uh, do that giveaway and i all you got to do to be part of that giveaway is post a Leon on the comment section of that post and let me know why you're bullish on Leons or honestly anything related to our Leon family. It could be the ecosystem. It could be the company creation. It could be all any aspect of the project. So I'm super grateful for you all. And this is one little way that I want to give back to both Prism and, uh, and, and you guys because I just want to continue to support um, our Leon family, whatever they do. So super, super happy to do that. Uh, with that, uh, those are all the updates that I had on the project side. Uh, now let's dive, uh, now let's dive into the market side of things. So first of all, the first set of news I have for you is coming from the regulatory updates. Uh, so regulations are always very important. Mainstream media is never going to uh, talk about regulations because they want you distracted with all the drama and bullshit that goes on in this space. Uh, first up, we have Congressman Tom Emmer, who's a Republican in the United States. 
he uh, proposed a bill which was called the Anti-Surveillance State Act. So this bill, that's a heavy name for a bill. And basically what this bill is talking about, it changes the trajectory. This has the potential to change the trajectory of um, blockchain technology adoption and CBDC adoption in the US. So as you know, China already has a CBDC. And those of you that don't know what a CBDC is, it's a central bank digital currency. It is programmable digital money. So it gives you capabilities like um, once a government issues a digital currency, uh, they have the capability to program that currency to say things like, um, it could be as bad as, hey, if you posted something on social media against the government, your bank, not your, not your bank account, bank accounts different. The actual money in those bank accounts, in your wallet, that money can be taken away from you. Um, if you do something that the government doesn't like, if you buy like five bottles of alcohol in a week and the government doesn't like it, then they can block your money. So it's, it's very dystopian. It sounds really wrong and it's very control oriented, gives government more control over you. It's just bad. Um, and I'm not going to be shitting on technology. I know it's just a technology and it could be used for good or bad. Central bank digital currencies can be absolutely beneficial in countries where there's a lot of corruption, where the money can directly come from the government and go to its people taking away friction, reducing costs, bringing more people on board that don't have bank accounts. I totally get it. I totally get it. There's good and bad sides to CBDC. But for a developed economy like US, I don't think it serves any purpose. And it's against American values, really, because American values are all about freedom and individuality. And if they do something like a CBDC, at the, at the country level, which is federal level, then they're going down the route of China. And anything that China stands for and embraces, U.S. is the complete opposite. So basically, this bill talks about banning the creation of a CBDC at the federal level. So the country itself, the government cannot create a CBDC and control its people. I like it. I like this bill a lot. And I hope it makes it all the way through and the president signs it. But it looks like Joe Biden is a huge, huge fan of CBDC. I am not surprised because honestly, I'm not even sure. This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today. Or what the value system is there any, anymore. Uh, blocking crypto adoption through weaponizing this SEC. You've already seen me cover all the SEC lawsuits. 90% of the lawsuits SEC brought on the crypto industry are complete bullshit. And I've covered all of them for you uh, because the media is going to paint a picture that, oh, Gary Gensler is protecting the consumers from a risky industry. Not really. He's making the industry risky by causing banks to not be able. And now bank accounts like crypto industries in the US, they cannot get bank accounts. And if you cannot get access to traditional banking, you're automatically sucking out the liquidity from the business and making it choke to death. And then you claim that this industry is full of fraud and everything. Yeah, sure. FTX happened. That was a fraud. But that happened because Gary Gensler was meeting with Sam Bankman-Free three times a week. And nobody talks about that. And he never sued anything. The, the lawsuit came after the collapse. 
after meeting with Gary Gensler for uh, meeting with Sam Bankman Fried for so long, you can tell me he did not know what was going on. So uh, people are not stupid. It's obvious what the government's doing right now. But the beauty is elections are coming up in 2024. I could care less which political party wins. I never care about politics, but I care about my industry. And sadly, the in industry is being politicized by bad actors in politics. And whoever is anti-crypto right now, they're basically chopping off their own foot because people want this technology. 60% of Americans are pro-crypto. So, and it doesn't even matter who you support. If your representative, Republican or Democrat, and then this is US specific right now, if they do not support crypto, vote with your vote with your feet. Tell them, I'm not gonna support you if you don't support what I believe in. Because isn't the government supposed to protect us and take care of our needs rather than us bowing down to the government? When did they become powerful? They are the people that are supposed to serve us and our needs. So it's just important to know your rights and understand what you want and go for it. Uh, so this bill that was proposed by Congressman Tom Emmer that passed the House. So if you don't know about U.S. politics, once the bill passes the House, which it did, it then goes to the Senate and then it goes for a vote again. Once it passes the Senate, then it goes to the president to sign then at that point, the president can choose to veto, but they can't easily do that. They've, they've got to have a good enough reason to do that. And then they can sign it into a bill and then it becomes law. So there's still a long way to go, but the step number one is done. So that's good news. Next up, we have Citibank. One of the largest banks in the world is now offering a blockchain based token service. And we keep telling you, everybody's jumping into tokenization. I'm telling you guys, we are ahead of the curve and what we're building is going to change the game. Everybody jumping into tokenization. They're using it for their own good. Citibank, one of the largest banks in the world, is now providing a... And you can see how whenever there's a new technology that is available to any banks, they use this system of first getting their institutional friends. Where institution is a fancy word to say big pocket guys, the rich people, the 1%. So Citibank is now offering a blockchain-based token service, which will allow their rich friends that use their bank to transfer money across their entire network all across the world, super fast, super cheap. So basically, this will be a private blockchain that they'll use, which will just allow you to move your money faster within the Citibank ecosystem all across the world. So nothing to get too excited for. You can already use Ripple's XRP to do that anyway. And you don't even need a bank for that. So just saying Citibank getting FOMO and jumping into um, crypto using blockchain technology to improve, uh, improve on the friction that traditional banking causes. If you want to transfer your money right now internationally, it could take anywhere between three to five days. And now you can do that within minutes using blockchain and not just Citibank. There's other major banks that are jumping into crypto left and right. And they're doing it because they know that this is the future and they're going to get disrupted. 
do you think after using crypto, you're going to pay a bank $5 for not having enough money in overdraft fees or a wire charge paying three to $5 to send your own money to someone else? Like that business model is so dead. There's that, that's not the future. Nobody wants to pay a bank fees when you can have a wallet that you own. If the bank closes down, your money's gone. Nobody's going to own your MetaMask if the world government shut down. Your money's still going to be yours. The ETH in your wallet is still going to be yours. And people are starting to see that ownership is the future. Right now, all we do is rent space from other people. And that's, that's honestly not the future at all. We want to be able to own our own funds. So that's the beauty of blockchain. And banks are starting to sniff out the future. Uh, next CBDC news comes from China. So the digital yuan I've already covered is making its rounds. It's getting so much adoption. I don't care what China does in terms of policy. I don't care about their value system, but I do care about their technology adoption. And I got to give it to China. They have done an incredible job pushing the adoption of their digital yuan, which is their CBDC. So another adoption news coming out of China is uh, there's an app called ECNY, which is their currency. Uh, that app is basically for tourists. That app is going to allow tourists to now top up their digital yuan balance on their wallet using their MasterCard or Visa whenever they come to China. So let's say I go to China from Canada and I have a Canadian bank account. I can use my Canadian bank account Visa card debit card and then top up my app with the digital yuan and travel across china and use any of their services with my digital wallet and scanning qr codes everywhere so that's kind of convenient will i use the app if it requires me to link my bank accounts to that app i don't think so because then that data is going to reside in china i don't i don't want my data in china so who who knows? People might use it for convenience. I can see a lot of tourists using it because it's nobody wants to carry cash anymore. It's just not safe, especially when you're traveling. Like think about your life, right? When you're traveling to a new country, do you want cash or do you want a digital wallet? Just think about it, right? It's, it's a digital wallet because guess what? It's convenient. You take your smartphone everywhere so you don't, you don't forget your wallet. And then you can scan anything. There's nothing on you. So you don't worry about maybe you dropped a dollar here, a dollar there. You don't lose anything. If you get pickpocketed, you can automatically lock your phone from somewhere else. So your money is always safe. So it's just a better solution. So I do see people using this technology when they go to China to visit. Uh, next up, we have CBDC news coming out of Kazakhstan. And Kazakhstan a regulatory agency uh, has been created. Uh, there's the National Payment Corporation is a regulatory agency that was created by Kazakhstan government in order to implement a CBDC. And they use the word responsible development and they want to build out the financial infrastructure. Um, and they want to do it right because the people need it. Uh, and I can totally see this working because Kazakhstan government, I, I know a lot of population in Kazakhstan is unbanked. And this is the good side of CBDC. This might actually work out well for the people of Kazakhstan. So I hope them the best. I hope they're able to implement uh, 
the CBDC in a way that it empowers the people, not restricts them. It gives them more freedom and gives them more accessibility to financial services, um, thus playing, uh, leveling out the playing field. Now we're going to jump over to Web3 Gaming. And this news is kind of big. So any and every one of you that have played Farmville on Facebook back in the day when Facebook games were so big. Uh, so the creators of Farmville have raised $33 million to create a bunch of Web3 games. So $33 million. Imagine a Web3 gaming company, a gaming company raising that amount of money in this bear market. So when people tell you that, hey, crypto is dead, nobody's here, look at where people are raising money. They know, they definitely know. Gaming is going to be a huge driver of adoption of Web3 technology. So keep an eye out for these people. So super excited. They raised $33 million. They're going to make some games. They already have a game that was out in December of 2022, and they're planning on making some more. The total value locked, uh, and this piece of news is huge, guys. So the total value locked on base, which is a layer two solution on top of Ethereum. And what are layer two solutions? Just a quick, quick update, those of you that don't know. So Ethereum base chain is the main chain of Ethereum, right? So if you do a transaction on the Ethereum chain, it's kind of expensive. It takes some time um, and it's just clunky. Um, so what's happening is in order to scale Ethereum and in order to allow millions and billions of users in the future, there's something called layer twos. So this is basically another blockchain in itself, which is still connected to Ethereum. The fees is going to be paid in Ethereum, but they sit on top of Ethereum and they batch bunch of transactions and they're a lot faster. Like they can process thousands of transactions in a second. And then once those transactions are in order to confirm those transactions, then they get batched up, put in a box, and then they get sent to the Ethereum chain to be finalized. This way, we can have multiple parallel running layer two solutions, which can process thousands and thousands of transactions in a second without putting too much pressure on the Ethereum main chain. Because every time there's hundreds of transactions waiting on the Ethereum main chain, you know where the gas fees goes. And I know I have personally, a couple of years ago, I feel so bad. I think I've paid like $400 for a transaction. And that's insane. And that's why Ethereum needs to scale. And this is one of the ways it's scaling. So Base is the layer two solution created by Coinbase. And it has had so much success over the summer. And in just a few months, it has been able to lock close to $400 million in value on its chain. And it has surpassed Solana's total value locked. Like Solana is a layer one solution. And that's insane. A layer two surpassing Solana in under six months of being in duty, that's huge. So congrats to the Coinbase team that built out Base. Um, just a word of advice. Base blockchain does not, the base L2 does not have a token. So if you see any post on X or anywhere saying that go claim your base token or anything or get your airdrop, that's a scam. Do not fall for that. Base does not have a token. It uses Ethereum for its transactions. So um, if any doubts or anything, just reach out to me. I'm always there to help. 
Um, last piece of news is huge. This is again Coinbase as they continue to expand. See, this is what I'm talking about. Coinbase is being sued by the SEC in their home country. Like it's based out of the US and it's being sued by the SEC for running a illegal securities exchange. Coin, uh, the SEC is claiming that the tokens that Coinbase has listed on its platform in the US are all securities. And the courts have already shown with the Ripple SEC lawsuit that the token itself cannot be a security. And they just would not listen. And that is the arrogance of these agencies where these unelected bureaucrats have so much power, I don't know how, that they completely ignore the law being created, the precedents being set by the courts themselves. Like they don't even trust the justice system. That's how crazy it is right now. Uh, so Coinbase, on the other hand, instead of sitting down and closing shop, they're continuing to expand abroad. And this is what I'm talking about. The jobs are leaving the U.S. because of these regulatory bodies that would not understand that this is actually causing pain to the U.S. economy. So now Coinbase has secured an anti-money laundering registration uh, from the Bank of Spain. And why is this registration important? You cannot provide any financial services within the country of Spain if you do not have the AML registration. So that is a huge news. So what this is going to allow Coinbase is now they can offer its crypto services to retail investors. And retail investors are people like you and me, the average Joes. Now those people can invest in Coinbase products in the country of Spain. So super proud of Coinbase. They are continuing to fight the SEC. They did not settle with the SEC. They don't. They they said the CEO Brian Armstrong. He said, "I don't care how much money it takes, I am going to fight this fight for the crypto industry in the U.S. We do not care about how much money is going to go into this lawsuit. We want we want to win this lawsuit, and we're going to do it. And that's the attitude that we need in this country. That is what makes America what it is. It's people like this that do not just bow down to authority." Because we are just taught from a young age that authority is always right. Well, it's not. And most of the time, the authority doesn't even have your best interest in their mind, especially SEC. Their whole mission, SEC's mission is to protect the investors and create markets. They've done the complete opposite with the crypto industry. They have driven innovation offshores. They have sued the companies that have successfully built their businesses legally and with the right frame of mind, keeping them in the loop. Like SEC sued uh, Ripple, right? And Ripple executives said that SEC asked us to come in, talk to them, asked us from documents from us, and then used those documents against them in the lawsuit. So when you see Gary Gensler going into mainstream media and telling these crypto uh, agencies, well, crypto companies to come in and register with him, he has an open door. It's like he's talking like the mafia, like come into the door, then give me all the information. And then when you leave, I'm going to use this information to file a lawsuit against you. That's how slimy this agency is from the top down. It's completely rotten, corrupted by power and money. And then he has the audacity to ask for Congress for more money. He's asking for two more billion dollars to expand his jurisdiction because he keeps spreading this false narrative. And that is why I like to educate you guys 
because this is the dirty game that we're against. And guess what? Those are the people that got scared and left. They're not going to make the big gains. The big gains are going to be made by people that refuse to give up no matter how much FUD is being spread out by mainstream media and no matter how much these agencies try to stop us. They can slow us down, but they know they cannot stop us. They've tried and they failed. So I'm going to leave you guys with this. I'm so proud of each and every one of you that you show up every day in this space and continue to support each other, continue to educate yourself by listening to these weekly roundups and asking good questions and doing things right, staying in a positive frame of mind, working hard and just being here no matter what happens in the market. And that is the key to success here. I hope each and every one of you has a wonderful rest of your day, afternoon, or evening, whatever time zone you're in. I love you all, and I am going to see you all next week. Mm -hmm.